podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to a brand new podcast on the Anfield Talk. I'm your host Ben. And today I'm joined by Connor and Jamie. How are we, boys? We're here, mate. I think that's what—that's the positive that needs to be taken. That's the main we're, thing, yeah. We're here, <laughs> Jamie. Oh, I'm fed up with Premier League already. To be honest, <laughs> I, I want that pre-season break again. Guys, listen. It could be worse. It could be Manchester United losing at home to Brighton. So you know, it, let's just go with that. For now, it could it could be worse. We could be managed by a, a Dutch Max Brannan from EastEnders, but we're not. But there we go. Um, so the elephant in the room: Liverpool drew their first game of the Premier League season to newly promoted Fulham two two. That's three games in a row now of not beating Fulham. I, I did address this this point on Twitter on a stream. I said. This ain't going to be as easy as people make out. People made out that it was going to be a 4 5 nil win and I just had this feeling that it was going to be tough. I, I expected to win the game, but I certainly didn't expect it to be easy. Um, and I guess we'll get straight into it, boys. So, Connor, I'll come to you first, mate. When you saw that lineup on paper, you think, OK, you can argue Darwin Nunes coming in, but that is arguably our, our strongest lineup, right? So, what was your instant, like thoughts when you saw that lineup? Did you think this is going to be a, a win for us, like a comfortable win? Or, yeah, how, how was your feeling when you saw the team lose? The people that were predicting 3-4-0, I, I didn't agree with that. Um, you never want to play against, I mean, from past experience, we've been okay, but you don't want to play against a team that's newly promoted, has a point to prove, considering their last um, campaign in the Premier League. You, know, you always knew Fulham was going to be a challenge. I didn't think it'd be as bad as a challenge as what it was as it seemed, but, you know, dry pitch, that's what happens when it's dry. Um, you know, look, <laughs> look, you have to laugh, and I'm going to laugh for a lot of this podcast, because if I don't, I'm going to sit here and everyone's just going to take the mick out of me on Twitter, because I'm angry. So, the, the lineup, it come out and you thought, this is a good lineup. I didn't understand why Nunes didn't start, considering Bobby didn't have a great game in the Community Shield. You felt as if Nunes was was going to start that game, but he didn't. We had the discussion in the um, in the chat beforehand that the predicted lineup that we were releasing at Tat was going to have Firmino in it, and it was right. I didn't think it was the right call at the time, um, but then again, Nunes now definitely deserves to start against Palace, considering Bobby's first half performance. Which you know, I'm not going to sit here and and. Chat, like chat crap about him because you know he's he's been one of the most crucial players in our side for as many years as he's been in now. But I just think Nunes should have probably started, and the impact that he had with the minutes that he got, if he had been there the whole game, it just could have been a completely different story. Yeah, I agree. You know, you just see the impact he made from the bench, and I guess the flip side of that is that you know that sub did work, and you know if we needed him to come on and changed the game he did and that's exactly what he did but Jamie is a, a big Darwin Nunes fan as yourself you know you, you've been talking about this guy for a long time after that Champions League game at Anfield was you surprised not to see him or did you think it was the right call to go with Bobby against this kind of not low block because to be fair they, they actually 
play decent stuff. But you know what I mean? Against this like this side that are going to kind of test us on the opening day. Did you think Nuno should have started? Yeah, I, I wasn't surprised by the decision he made. I thought that I did think before the game that he was going to go with Bobby. But in hindsight, it wasn't. It didn't look the right decision. But hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Yeah. I was hoping. I was hoping Bobby would prove himself. Nunes is knocking on the door. He, he come on in the Community Shield, scored a goal, made made a penalty. So Fulham was Firmino's chance to take take the ball by the horns and prove himself to keep his spot for Palace. And unfortunately, he didn't do that. And with, with Nunes's impact on the bench, I think going forward into that Palace game, you're looking at Darwin. Definitely starting. I'd be shocked if he doesn't. Um, but he, he, he looked so hungry when he came on and it completely flipped the game on its head. Same when he come on with City, really. He's he's a breath mm. of fresh air, isn't he? But we'll get on to his performance. But in hindsight, I think I think we made this made a slip up in decision there. But like I said, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Absolutely, mate. And you know, you have to think now that he's gonna start against Palace and Maybe because it was a, a tough away game and Klopp probably knew it was going to be that. Maybe he just thought for one more game, we'll go with a player that knows, you know, this league, knows these tough games. And of course, like Connor said, Bobby has been amazing for us ever since he's walked through the door. He's been an amazing servant. But I do feel now Darwin Nunes has to start these games. And I'm not going to sit here and go on a clock for thinking Firmino could do something in that game yesterday because, you know, Firmino is one of his favourite players. When you look at this era, Bobby Firmino is one of the, the centrepieces that's led us to the success. So if Klopp thinks you can win him a game of football, then you know that's what it is. But I do agree. I think for that kind of game where there was just balls going into the box, um, especially in the second half when you're starting to think, OK, we're going to kick on now. I feel like Darwin Nunes... Uh, could have been introduced even at half time. To be honest, well, as soon as you you're trailing in the game, or what was the score at half time? Was it one nil? We trailing, weren't we? One nil. Yeah. So that's what I mean. At half time, maybe he should have came on. But look, Klopp's the manager. Klopp makes the decisions, and that's why he's paid to to do what he does, and that's why we love him. Um, but yeah, the, the game starts, and I'm blown away to be honest with how Fulham play because they're pressing us all over the pitch they're taking the game to us they're playing with such high intensity and kind of in that first 15 20 minute spell where Fulham kind of looked like the team that was you know going for a title or something crazy like that was you worried then or did you think there's only so much of this they can do and surely we're gonna turn this game and we're gonna have all the ball and we're gonna dominate and we're gonna create the chances because I'm not going to lie, I had a bad feeling. When I saw how the game was going after that 20 minutes or so, yeah, I wasn't too confident. So what was you thinking? I had a bad feeling purely because you did wonder to yourself how long were they going to keep that up for. I personally thought to myself, yeah. they'd get to the 60, 60th minute mark. If they're going to continue this high press for the whole the whole game, I mean, you saw United do it against us uh, in pre-season. You know the high press and everything like that. They can't clubs can't maintain that for a full ninety minutes. Maybe this year clubs may be able to with the five substitution rule. But you just thought to yourself, they're only going to do this for 60, 70 minutes. They're going to tire. You know, not every everyone's not up to full fitness yet. It's first game of the season, but it was worrying because you just knew or you just felt that Liverpool didn't think Fulham were going to do that. 
you yeah. almost felt like Liverpool had planned for Fulham to sit off us a little bit, um, let us have the ball in defensive areas, and then sort of engage on on the press when we sort of made it to the half the halfway line, maybe a, a little bit into our half. I just think the game plan was completely wrong from the off. I think we didn't expect Mitrovic to do what he'd done. I think he was superb. You know, for people that can't say, to say they can't do it in the Premier, he's done it against the team that come second or runners up in the Champions League final this year. Well, this year mm. just gone. Um, yeah, it was nervy. It was nervy. But you always felt as if it's Liverpool. I mean, I don't know how many times we're going to say that. You know, it's Liverpool. It, yeah. It was nervy, but I always felt that they couldn't keep up for the full ninety minutes, and at some point, we would we would crack uh, what they'd planned. Yeah, no, I, you're right, mate. You got to think like in these games, we've got enough in our side, enough experience, enough on the bench. To be honest, I know our bench was a bit weak yesterday, and what it, it's supposed to be, but still, you're looking at that bench, and there's, there's options there, but it just didn't happen, and. Jamie, we're going to talk about the the opening goal now. Um, it was kind of deserved. It was coming. I feel like that was literally my reaction when I saw that go in. Like, you know, that was a long time coming. So, my question to you is: I saw Trent getting a lot of criticism for this. Is there much more he could have done? I mean, I'm not saying that he's not at fault for it because at the end of the day, it's his man at the far post. But you've got to see how big this guy is, right, that he's marking. And we know Trent's not a big physical unit. So do you feel the criticism for him defending that far post is harsh or do you think he could have done better to defend that? I do think he could have done better. I I don't think it's worth overlooking and uh, and analysing. At the end of the day, he gets bullied, but the, the lad that's bullying him, has every right to be. It's Mitrovic. He's absolutely massive. Yeah. He's tall. He's known as a bully, and and he has. I think it's it's poor knowledge. It's like Trent doesn't even think he's behind him. He doesn't check his shoulders. His body positioning's all wrong. But I also think that there's a big fault in Henderson's role. Now, if you think it's a foul or not, it, it, you know the refs not give it. It doesn't matter. It, it looked like a little stand on the toe and he stayed down and, and it left Trent with two, two on one mm. and he had to pick one of them up. So that couldn't have helped. I think it, it, if, if you can get up, if the foul's not being given, get up and follow your man. But yeah, the, look, there's so many things to have a look at in that goal. At the end of the day, it was a great ball by Kenny Tetty and look, Mitrovic is a bullier. That, that's his that's his role. But it, it was coming, to be fair. I, I actually felt in the game before the goal, that we actually need Fulham to score. Sometimes you've seen Liverpool not wake up and it takes a goal from the opposition yeah. to wake us up. So, up back, at, at so that minute, yeah, at that minute, I thought, right, well, this is the kick up the arse. But for some reason, we, did, we didn't respond like Klopp said about the attitude. was was very strange. But I wouldn't overlook it or overanalyse it. I think Trent could have definitely done better. But... If you look at the guy, it's not like he's been bullied by like Trossard or something like that. A, a small, <laughs> a smaller player like like some of the United players got done by today. But, <laughs> yeah, it, it's Mitrovic yeah. at the end of the day. So he's pretty. Trent's been working in the gym, and you can see it. But he's a bit off Mitrovic's level. Yeah, that's true. 
no, I agree, mate. I, I think it's like a 50-50 really as to whether he's at fault or whether it's Mitrovic just being a monster. And like um, Connor said just then, maybe this is the season where Mitrovic comes to the Prem and you see this more often. And he's always got those goals in the Championship and he's never quite been able to transfer it to the Premier League. So maybe this is a season where he does that and scoring two against Liverpool on the opening day is not is not a bad way to start. But Connor, you were absolutely fuming when you came in, mate, and we first started talking. So I'm going to let you pull your head just a little bit and I'm going to let you talk about our equalising goal because I didn't watch it back yesterday because I was too annoyed, but I, I watched it back today and it was actually a really, really nice goal. And people obviously won't talk about it. It won't get mentioned because we didn't win the game and ultimately it's kind of pointless. But yeah, that little flick, um, that not the flick, that, that Elliot gets the ball and he kind of like clips it into Salah. Uh, and it, I think it actually comes from Matip at the back. Um, we, we play through their midfield. Elliot clips one into Salah, who puts one across to Darwin, who does come on and makes an immediate impact. So, yeah, what well, your thoughts, mate, on that goal? Uh, Harvey Elliott is looking good when he when he's playing at the minute, right? I mean, I don't want to allude to that too much at the minute because we're going to talk about the midfielders. But yeah, was you happy to see him involved in that goal and the way Nunes came and scored like straight away? Yeah, Harvey Elliott. Um, I felt he played a massive part in that goal, and it's quite nice when we do this analysis because I do a little bit of it uh, at uni on the course. So I. I like to sit back, watch the goal, analyse. I like listening to you two discuss that first goal, which definitely needs some analysis from you two. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, look, again, Nunez's goal is a great centre-forward uh, run. If, if, you, if you've ever heard about the centre-forward run, it's always to the front post, it's always in front of your man. And Nunez does exactly what he should do in that role, you know, straight to the front post. There's cover at the back with Milner running in. Uh, across the back, so there's always a, a, a follow-up as such if Nunes misses it. Um, I wasn't so sure about the flick uh, to begin with, purely because of the one that didn't pay off um, moments before that. If you actually look at the flick moments before, you think to yourself, all you've got to do is sort of lift that over the keeper. You know, the keeper's already halfway down to the ground. All it takes is a little flick, but then again, it's those moments like that where he'll learn and he'll go next time, okay? Maybe this isn't the best choice. Maybe next time I flick it over the keeper. But again, like you say, it's a great ball by Salah. It's the awareness of Nunes to be in the right position. He gets across. Um, I forgot his name. The, the centre half of Fulham just completely gets across him uh, from from behind him. And yeah, it's a great goal, and it, and it shows that with a bit of a bit more experience, a bit more time, Nunes can seriously be a danger. And and, you know, people have taken the mick out of this Nunes versus Haaland situation. But if Nunes can continue to play in the role that he played yesterday, this is going to be a very, very exciting season for the two forwards. 100%, mate. Um, I was very, very happy with the goal. You know, I'm, I'm, ho- I'm thankful as well that it was a Nunes goal and not given us our own goal because, I don't know, I feel like that can play a part psychologically, knowing that he's actually scored the goal. Um so, yeah, I was really happy to see him get one. And I did think that that was going to be the sign of us to turn this whole game around and, and win the game. But it wasn't to be, Jamie. And they come up the other end and get a penalty. Um, I want to know your thoughts on the decision. Was it a penalty in your eyes? Oh, Ben, I hate you. You've given me the two <laughs> thumbnails like it wasn't bad enough this year. 
I'm sorry. Mate, yeah. I'll give it Connor if you want then, and then you can. Oh, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. It's all right. It's all right. Nah, because I've seen the people say it wasn't a penalty. It, I, I think it was. His knee touches him. It's at the end of the day, it's awful defending. I've actually not seen a number nine look make Virgil look that uncomfortable and Mitrovic did yesterday. I think I, I've not, yeah, to be fair, that, that's, that's a good shout. Um, <laughs> but I didn't, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tricky one because Virgil does what he normally does and forces them onto the weak foot with the jockey. But why he sticks that foot out, I can't understand. It was so unlike Virgil defending. It was he a weird performance from Virgil Mit- yesterday. Yeah, honestly, Mit- Mitrovic, Mit- Mitrovic shifts the ball onto his left foot, which is where Van Dijk wants him. And for some reason, he, he kicks out. It, it, there was no need to do it. He was forcing him the wrong way. It, yeah, Virgil was all over the place for me yesterday. I think Matip had a good game. But yeah, it, it it wasn't like Virgil, and for me, definite penalty. But I, I don't even want to think more about it, so I'll let Connor cover the rest. <laughs> yeah, Connor, what, do you agree with that? I'm sorry, Jamie, I didn't even realise. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I agree. I think it, it was. It's all boring. It was so odd. It was so yeah. The thing is, though, we usually don't agree when we win games, and when we lose games, we actually agree. Mm. Um, it, it's bizarre. It's honestly bizarre if you watch the goal back, and I've watched the goal back a few times. You know, Mitrovic, Mitrovic's first touch is sort of in towards the goal, and you thought, okay, well, all he's got to do is jockey him like normal, shift like Jamie says, shift it onto his left foot, and, and you know, jobs are good. And but why? I mean, I'm just, I'm literally on the iPad now, going back and forth. Why is he stuck the leg out? And you, and you think, and you, when you looked at it from the first angle yesterday. And you looked at the first angle that you don't see the knee clash. You think, oh, he's dived because you you see there's no contact in the shin, there's no contact in the, like the leg, and you think, oh, it's a dive. We're all right, you know. Van Dyke's got away with it, and then you see the knees, and, yeah. and and it's just it's it's all a case of why is he stuck that leg out, and and the thing that I don't understand even more so about it is that he stuck the leg out and has watched Trent Alexander Arnold run around him so the coverage is there if Mitrovic's touch is, is a slightly too is slightly too heavy. I don't I don't I don't understand it. And and uh, but then again he has he has not put a foot wrong many times while he's yeah, been it's his first bad performance in so forever. so you can't you can't actually moan. You can moan but in the same breath you can't but um, no, it's a good penalty by Mitrovic as well. I mean, Alisson's died the right way, but it's just slotted in the corner, and it just shows the experience in that in the number nine that Mitrovic has that he yeah. could he could destroy any defender on his day if he if he's up for it. Yeah, look, it's one of them where at, at first I didn't really think it was. From what I saw when I, I watched it live, it looked like he he stood on Virgil's foot and then gone to the ground. But I think there is just a slight touch of knees. And then obviously, if there's contact, it's a pen. But when I saw what Lissandro Martinez did today, I was fuming. But I thought that was definitely a pen as well. And I thought, like, how can you give the one the day before and not that? But that's a different story. Um, Jamie, look, I, I know you've had the two bad goals. So, Connor, I'm going to sit you out for this one. Uh, <laughs> we did reply, thankfully, because if we didn't, then I think, you know, 
even a draw is bad. I think if we lost this game, like people would be in spaces now from yesterday. Like I don't think they would have ended. I think people would literally just have stayed in them for 24 hours. So, um, yeah, the, the reply chants over the top ball. I think it comes off a Fulham defender, lands to Nunes, who gives it to Salah to tap it home. So we've got Nunes and Salah on the score sheet now, uh, both assisting each other. If we can take anything positive at all from the game, surely it's that, right? Yeah, 100%. I, th- I think when you look at the goal, you can't look too much into it because in a game where we didn't play very well and maybe luck wasn't our end in some points, in our two goals, it was it, we, we did have a bit of luck. Obviously, the, the deflection off Tim Ream. And because the game was so bad, I'm claiming that as a Nunes pass, but realistically, it's probably, <laughs> probably a poor touch. But... But look, luckily, Salah's positioning was really good. He was in the right place at the right time. But other, not just the goal. I think when Nunes and Salah was on the pitch together, they looked like they'd been playing together for years. You've seen it at the Community Shield where they combine where Salah plays it to Robertson and Nunes is there. And obviously, like you just said, assisting each other and both scoring, that could be a real, real um, friendship on the pitch that blossoms into a brilliant goal-scoring team and you look at Luis Diaz on the left don't get me wrong he had a quiet second half but in the first half he was probably the one that was looking the most likely to do something obviously that shot he gets really unlucky with I liked how he was more he was more snappy Diaz yesterday he was more instant with his shot taking not not taking too much time on the ball but yeah them two especially look, look really good and if they can keep that link up which I'm sure they would do then they'll share many goals this season. 100% mate and just when you talked about Diaz there I just remembered the shot that hit the bar which was so unlucky and people have said oh he needs to improve his his end product and he was so close to getting a goal there and you just think like if he scored that what would have happened for the rest of the game but it is what it is um for me I think this is where we you know we're actually going to get into the main takeaways from the game now we've addressed the the goals and that but I think something you could consider just as bad as dropping the two points is the injury to Thiago Alcantara, depending on how long it is. Because we've not signed a midfielder as of yet. I I don't see that stance changing right now because we don't know the extent of his injury. But And this is where we're all going to come in and have a, a little discussion about it because I know... I know it's a very strong topic amongst Twitter, you know, being an admin on, on TAT, I see it all the time, every single tweet, sign a midfielder, announce a midfielder, all of this. But let me just talk you through the injuries at the minute. Thiago, we don't know when he's back yet. I'm sure we'll find out tomorrow. Nabi Kaita is back, which is a positive. Uh, Curtis Jones, again, I don't think we necessarily know when he's back. I think I don't think it's serious. Oxley-Chamberlain's out for months. That's what we do know. And then players that aren't midfielders that are still out. Canate will be out for a little bit. Um, who else is there? Jota, Simikas, I think he's nearly back. So, Connor, you were, you know, you had a, a strong opinion in this, I believe, and Jamie, to be fair. So, we'll, we'll get into this now. What do we do from here? And, and I know it's easy to say as fans what we do, you know, on career mode, you just go on there, you go on Jude Bellingham, you pay whatever, you get him in. But, we know it's not as easy as that. So what do you guys think the solution is for maybe Palace, but then for the rest of this window? Like, do you think that we have to bring somebody in now? Palace is is, is a tough one. Um, 
for me, Fabinho still plays against Palace. I know he's had a bad. I know he. I know he didn't have a good game yesterday. And I don't think any midfielder yesterday had a good game that started the game. I want to make that very clear. You know, you're all very quick to say that that we defend Henderson or whatever or whatever the situation is. He wasn't the only one to blame yesterday. All three of those midfielders were poor, considering what we expect. So they may have been, they may have been the same level as a lower Premier League midfield yesterday, but considering what we expect week in week out from our players, you know we're we're a side that constantly competes to be the best team in Europe, you know constantly like winning trophies last year. That's not a midfield that would win trophies if they played like that week in week out. Um, I'm unsure about the Naby Keita situation. I believe it was only illness that sent him out on Fulham. Yeah. Am I correct in saying? Yeah. So hopefully, yeah, yeah, if he honest. trains, if he trains all week, he should be fit for for uh, Palace next Monday. Um, depending on whether he has a full week uh, training, so it would it would be for me, it would be um, Keita Henderson for Binho, purely because Harvey isn't going to start over Henderson. Um, I think we need to start being realistic. You know, we can scream for Harvey Elliott to start as much as we want. It's not realistic, I don't feel. Um, especially after only picking up a point in the first game of the season, you feel like you want to stick to a three with a little bit more experience. So for me, it would be Henderson, Fabinho and uh, Naby Keita to start against Palace. If it was my opinion, it would be Fabinho, uh, Harvey Elliott and Naby Keita. It just depends whether they'd work well in the pivot or not. But... I don't know. Like you say, it's easy to go on career mode and we can go and sign Jude Bellingham. There's players on the market. There are some decent players on the market for for players that could could do a job as such. I think I read today on Twitter that Isco was apparently, apparently yesterday Fabrizio said something about Liverpool were looking at Isco uh, because he's a free transfer. I don't know how true that is. I don't know. I haven't seen anything from, from us say anything about it. It, it could be It could be complete rubbish. But um, I think Seville signed him today. Oh, did they? Oh, yeah. Well, there you go then. Well, there goes that. Um, <laughs> I I forget the um, obviously you got Jubin, and that's not going to happen. You know, fans that think that it's going to happen because they follow that Ivan, what's his name on Twitter? He's been right once. He's been right once. He was right once. Uh, Evan smash smash head or something. Yeah, like it. It just. It's not going to happen this year. He's only covering himself for next year when Jude Bellingham signs and he can bring that tweet back. But anyway, yeah. so that's not going to happen this year. The one that is, the one that looks like it's going, it could happen. I, I forget his name, Jamie. We you said about it before we literally Matthews Nunes. Matthews Nunes. That I believe is possible. And if Thiago is a serious injury, and what I mean by serious is you're if you're looking at six to eight weeks. You know, I think we have to start looking in in areas to to sign a midfielder because the depth isn't there. Um, purely because of what I, what I mean by that, the depth isn't there. In the case of, I don't think there's we haven't got world class players on the bench to come off of. Obviously, Curtis Jones is is someone who is a squad rotation player. Some some of the the midfielders that aren't old enough as such so you've got Cater, Fabinho 
Henderson, Harvey Elliott, Curtis Jones. Obviously, said Oxlade Chamberlain's out for a long time. Yeah, I think we need a reinforcement in there. I don't know if you boys agree. Um, I'm being realistic. Jude Bellingham is going to sign this year. But Mateus Nunes is someone that I would probably say should be involved. Yeah, no, I, I agree, mate. And I'll let Jamie say his piece and then I'll wrap up. So, yeah, Jamie, what were your thoughts on the midfield situation, mate? Yeah, it's not ideal, is it? Obviously, Thiago's a massive blow to that, but I don't think whatever we say is going to change change what's going to happen. I'm fairly sure that our incomings have done this this window, which is unfortunate, but the club wait. And I, and I think... 100% wait for Jude Bellingham if it's the only midfielder we need. But I actually think you look at Henderson, Henderson's age, Milner's probably last season, who was, who was good yesterday actually when he came on. And Thiago's injury prone at, at 31 years old. I actually think we need two midfielders over the next two years. So I don't think that if we go and get someone now, it would be a stopgap. It would be, be good for future. And obviously we thought Carvalho might be playing in the middle. Looks like Klopp wants him to be, be that left wing back up to to Diaz. So, yeah, I think we need a, a midfielder, but I, I'm very unpositive of, of getting one, to be honest with you, mate. Uh, I think Nunes is the shout at the minute that, 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 looks, that looks good, but I think Sporting will try and pull our pants down for the price of him, knowing how desperate we are, how pivotal he's been so far for them this season. And, yeah, I'm not optimistic, mate, but you can live and you can hope. It, it, I think... It could it could end up costing us in May with the midfield. You look at Naby, how you can't trust him. Great footballer, but you can't trust him. I think Thiago is going to be longer than eight weeks. To be honest, I think I I reckon he'll be gone for twelve. But obviously, that's just a complete guess. I don't know anything. Um, and then you look at the form of Henderson and Fabinho right now. They really need to pick it up with, with Thiago. Going out injured, they have to step up now because you you know Klopp's going to play them both. So it's their big chance to shine, and whoever can grab that other midfield spot out of Harvey and Naby will be very interesting. The only problem is that you've got Henderson who can play right centre mid, and that's uh, and that's his main midfield position. And same with Harvey. So them two are a clash of personalities really on the pitch with with the role that they play in midfield as they're both right sided. So that could be an issue, but yeah. Midfield issue, midfield situation is not looking fantastic. Yeah, I 100% agree with what you both said. And, I've, I, you know, you'd struggle to find anybody that disagrees. And even Klopp yesterday, he said, like, we have too many midfielders. I don't necessarily think he wants to have this amount of midfielders. But he said, we are in the situation that we're in. I don't like it. It's not good. So that, for me, suggests that he does want somebody else. But... Because, you know, we haven't sold anyone because we can't sell these players. We can't move on Ox. We can't move on Milner. Um, we can't just go and sign someone without letting somebody go, really. So it's dead easy for people to sit there and say, bring someone in, bring someone in. But the squad's too big at the minute. And we kind of, we have to remember that there's limits to players that you can register, you know, if you've got a squad that's too big, which Klopp has never liked, by the way. Klopp's never liked a huge, huge squad. So, yeah, it's just much more complicated than I think people realise. And the Nunes shout, I'm on board with it 100%. To be honest, I'm on board with anybody. Like, I, I'm not one of these people that say, 
oh, just sign this guy, sign this guy, sign this guy and we'll win the league. Because I don't think bringing a midfielder in guarantees the league. Like I think that's a ridiculous mentality to have, saying, oh, if we don't bring a midfielder in, we can't win the league. Or if we do, that will be the difference. It's nonsense. Um, but, of course, you can say, and this is what I will say, bringing a midfielder in definitely gives us a better chance. Because right now we're depleted. And to be fair, Connor said, uh, in his opinion, he'd start Harvey Elliott. 100% I'd start Harvey Elliott next week. 100 million percent. Because I saw more from him in however long he got yesterday than I saw from all three of the other midfielders. And that includes Thiago and Fabinho. Because I was fuming. I, I said it on the stream yesterday as well. Like, of course, Henderson is everywhere on this timeline right now. And people say, yeah, but we, could, we won't criticise Thiago and Fabinho because they've got credit in the bank. I don't care about your credit in the bank. I care about those 90 minutes of football, those two points that were dropped. That's what I care about. I don't care how good Thiago Alcantara has been before, last season, whatever. I'm talking about that game there and then. And if you're going to draw out Jordan Henderson, you have to draw out the other two as well. We have to be real and honest with this because Thiago, that's probably the worst I've seen him play, in all honesty. And Fabinho, I've been not concerned, but... I've been looking at him for a while now, thinking that's not the guy, you know, that that is the best DM in the world that we've seen. He's not at that level at the minute. And I think he will come back. 100% he will. But they all need to fix up. It's not just Henderson. It's all of them as a collective. So whether that is bringing Naby Kite in, whether that's bringing Harvey Elliott in, I'm, I'm here for it. Because if these guys aren't pulling their socks up, they don't deserve to play. Same as anybody in the team. Nobody should be undroppable. Um... But they all need to fix up. It's not even just the midfielders. It's the back four. Um, you know, it's the forwards were probably the, the, the better players, but everybody needs to fix up for the next game, which is Crystal Palace. And I think, um, yeah, we're going we're gonna to wrap things up there because we, we know what it is. We, we've discussed this for long enough now. I will just finish up with this, though, boys, by asking you one final question. Are you worried, seriously, after watching Man City today, after watching that start, or Connor, is it just the first game and there's a case of 37 games to go and there's a little overreaction because there's a few injuries? Or should we honestly be worried now? Jamie, do you want to start? <laughs> yeah, can yeah, yeah, you go, bro. Uh, um, yeah, I, I'm not worried, to be honest with you. I've got every faith in Klopp. To look, it's, it's one game against Fulham. Obviously, a bit unexpected for Klopp to speak about the attitude because um, we're not normally used to that. But yeah, I, it, it was a strange one. It's definitely one to move on from. But we've dropped in now, so we, we, we can't hang over it. it was, it's better to drop points earlier on than late in the season. So hopefully, but sometimes Liverpool Football Club need that, and, and you can see over the last three years when we've been so good. Sometimes we need that little bring bring us back down to earth that when you're not playing like this and everything's not going right, you can't just snap results like that. You can't just bring Origi on the bench and he can off the bench and score every 96 minutes to save us. So hopefully that's the that that's the punishment now. Luckily the punishment wasn't all three points uh, and was just two points dropped. Um, but it's not ideal anyway. I'm not worried. I think Nunes is our answer to Haaland, whether he's as good 
I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe not just yet because Haaland looked really dangerous today. But Haaland's injury prone as well. So we, we've lost our key player in Thiago and that could have a massive change to the season. But you, you never know if they lose Haaland. Maybe they could lose De Bruyne. It, it just it depends. Seasons are obviously on quality, but over 38 games, you need luck involved in. Maybe we can get lucky with injuries from now on. Maybe we can't. We'll, we'll see. But I've got every trust. We'll be up there in close points anyway. I agree, mate, 100%. Connor, your take, mate? I'm not worried. I, I, I feel like we all fans are getting... We're seeing overreactions. Um, and too right, you know, it's unlike us to lose or, or to drop points against sides like that at the moment, considering the form that we've been in towards the end of the last season. It's all, in person, it's all an overreaction. I'm not worried. I think we, we've still, we're st- the side that, you know, done everything last year is still there. It will just take a little bit more time, you know. There is adaptations, obviously, with Nunes being the main striker now. We're not used to an out-and-out centre-forward, uh, a target man, so to speak. So it's always going to be uh, a new experience. And we've just got to get a few things nailed down first. But I'm not worried. I believe in this team and I'll, I'll forever stick by my word there, no matter what happens. So, yeah, nothing. I wouldn't worry yet. I agree, to be honest. I would worry about the midfielders and the players we got available, but listen, I have every belief and every trust in this team, this manager, these players, and you say people are overreacting, I agree. I do see why some people are starting to be doubtful, but it is what it is. You know, people have written us off, our own fans for that matter, and we've often come out on the other side and proved them wrong. Um, it's just one game against Fulham away from home. Tough opening game. Let's hope that next week on Monday, we, when, you know, we've got Palette home under the lights. We can get a good result there and then kick on. Um, so that's what I'm hoping for anyway. And I, I'm pretty sure it will be a much better Liverpool team that plays because there is absolutely no way Klopp's letting them get away with that yesterday. Like We all know Klopp. We know how much he demands from these players and he even said it yesterday in his press conference that the attitude wasn't great and if that if the attitude for this Liverpool side isn't great then that's probably the thing that annoys them the most so from in my opinion I feel like we are definitely going to see a much different Liverpool side next week a much sharper Liverpool side hopefully anyway because it was supposed to be a friendly today against Villa for the guys that are coming back uh but that got cancelled but Look, there's like seven days, eight days before we play again. Um, so let's just hope that the guys that are out have a bit longer to recover and, you know, that Klopp gets through his messages to the players that, you know, that was just unacceptable. And we go again, I guess. So, yeah, guys, thank you for listening to the TAT pod. Make sure you're following on Twitter. Of course you are. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to this. But we might have an announcement um, regarding something that's changing about the TAT pod very shortly. So, Make sure you keep your eyes peeled for that. As always, thank you to uh, Jamie and Connor for joining me. And um, yeah, we'll see you guys on the next podcast, which will hopefully be a Crystal Palace preview. If not, we'll see you after the game. Take care and we'll see you next time.
Social Podcast Network.